everyone. We have decided at History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley to release a mini season for the holiday season. <laughs> I'm doing so good at this, y'all. Season, season, season. Season, season, season. And we're going to talk about seasonings today. Whoa, we, we got there somehow. After our we, got there. we got so, there. Okay, so for the holiday season, we're going to release weekly videos uh, that are related to Christmas and food and gun movies because that's rele- relevant. Uh, but today we thought we'd start with something because, you know, you all are super stuffed from Thanksgiving and we're, you know, just cruel and releasing a holiday recipes video after Thanksgiving. So we can't help you. Yes. We thought the best day to release a recipe guide was the day after everyone needs recipes. Yup. But if you're looking for Christmas meals, then this may be for you. And also, I would like to point out that we're going to talk about game meat and some recipes that we use. Spoiler alert and disclaimer, we are not chefs. And um, so we're not responsible for anything that happens in your kitchen. But the one thing that I can say about my food is that I cook it to a point where my sister-in-law does not eat game meat and I'm really good at being sneaky. So just don't tell anybody if you have family over on Christmas that does not support hunting or like game meat. Yeah. You know, I think the best way to approach this is to waive all of our own liability and then tell people to be sneaky. <laughs> yep. I mean, we're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, and, so I. Well, I was going to say is, and if Thanksgiving went totally terrible and you need better recipes that you don't have to like subject yourself to the in-laws cooking for Christmas, like maybe these will help. And also maybe. neither Danny nor I have ever shot a turkey. So we can't help you with, with that. We we cannot help you hunt them or cook them. Correct. Well, I mean, I can cook a turkey, but whatever. Um, just not one that I can't like take the feathers off and you know do all that fun stuff. But um, so we're going to focus on things that we have hunted um, or you know just random game meat that people give me because that happens in my life. Um, and so for me, I've spent years uh, trying to perfect elk recipes because both Mark and I have harvested bull elks. Mark has actually harvested two. So as you can imagine, we have had a lot of elk. Um, And the other one that I think I'll talk about too, and um, will be dove a little bit and the occasional pigeon. (laughs) As I was, as it was explained to me on a dove hunt, um, that's just a country dove. Country dove. Actually, like they're related, I think. I have no idea. All I know is that that one was way bigger. So we are assuming have, that it was a pigeon. I have yet to be on a dove hunt where someone in the group did not accidentally shoot a pigeon. Maybe yeah, you I were just on a dove hunt. I was. How many dove did you get? Uh, not many. It turns out I'm actually pretty bad at shooting doves. Oh, I'm so bad at shooting doves. Uh, the, the doves I cooked up were shot by Mark. Um, but I did go dove hunting in Argentina years ago and it was really irritating because 
before I went, because I'm not like a good shotgun shooter. And before we went, um, everybody told me they're like, oh, don't worry. It's so easy to, you know, shoot dove, um, you know, don't worry about it. Like you're going to shoot so many dove in Argentina. And then we did have the unfortunate time uh, of being there during the crop rotation season. So there actually weren't a ton of dove in the sky. So I think they were maybe talking about if like the sky is completely littered with dove. Um, but I, cause I think I shot my first one at like 40 yards. It was like so far away. Um, but then I was terrible because they're way faster than I anticipated. Like they're not, they were not easy. Um, and I was quite mad at everybody that lied to me. Uh, I think we talked about this in another episode about people lying to you about the difficulty of hunting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, that was kind of my experiences. Like, so I had most of my shotgun shooting has been limited to either like the redneck version of clay shooting, which is get in the field and you're hand throwing them, not going to like a sporting clays range, but like you're just in a field and somebody's got a thrower, either hand or mechanical. And the for the bulk of like the last two years has been like three gun style shotgunning. So it's all close range. It's, you know, there's a few aerial targets, but they're not that fast. Um, and yeah, Dove was a totally different game that I was not ready for. I broke somebody's shotgun in the middle of it too. So I, when I was in Argentina, I was shooting like really old Italian shotguns and that didn't help me either, but you should have done just what I did, which is after like day two, I said, screw it. And there are now just, there are photos of me from that part of the hunt where I'm literally just sitting there, um, in camo with my like old Beretta, um, smoking a cigar. Like, I'm just like, screw it. Like, this is, this is how I hunt. Um, but yeah, so I mean, let's start with Dove and I don't have anything too exciting about Dove recipes just because, you know, they're, uh, the one thing I didn't want to do when I was making the Dove was I didn't want to make jalapeno poppers because everybody makes Dove poppers. And I was like, I want to taste it. And I know when I make jalapeno poppers, which I do all the time that like, you know, you really, it's, if it's spicy, you don't get to taste it. So when I made them, I was really pleasantly surprised. And the one thing you'll hear in my, um, in my recipes, um, is the fact that I'm lactose intolerant and I'm allergic to eggs and Mark's keto. So, uh, mine will kind of give you the like dietary restriction side of things. Um, so when I made them, what I did was I, uh, ground up pork rinds, which is a great, um, great alternative to breading if you are keto. And so I ground up pork rinds and put in a little bit of almond flour and then whatever spices. I think I just did like pepper, salt, garlic powder, maybe a little bit of like paprika or cayenne. I can't remember, uh, but whatever spices, like whatever theme you're going for, um, I mix it all together. Um, and I actually think I grated some pecorino cheese in there because I am the type of lactose intolerant that can tolerate sheep's cheese. Um, but if not, there's a lot of great like cheddars that are lactose um, free, like Cabot Creamery's got lactose free cheddar. So then I mix it all together and then I just pan seared them. I know you could grill them, but I just like nobody wanted to turn the grill on that day. So I just pan seared them for like a minute or two on each side. Uh, my goal was to have them like a medium rare. And I think I was the most surprised when I cut in and I was like, this does not look like chicken because it was a bird. I thought it would look more like chicken. I had dove when I was in Argentina, but I didn't really think about it too much. So, I mean, cause it looks like a, like a medium rare steak, you know? So just a little bit of pink, um, in my, I mean, they're very thin, but a little bit of pink in mine. Um, I did not hammer mine out. You know, sometimes people make them real thin. I just left them the way that they were. Um, and honestly, they're so good. They were so good. 
Uh, and then yeah. uh, inadvertently Mark shot a pigeon and that one was a lot bigger. And I'm not going to lie. I thought it wasn't as good. <laughs> pigeon, not as good as Dove. I mean, maybe just Facts. that pigeon. Maybe that. I've My experience with Dove has been really similar is that, um, yeah, most people have like their kind of popper recipe that they go to. Um, this was the first time I actually went on a dove hunt every time before this. Well, this year was the first time I went on my own dove hunt and actually ate some that I had shot. Um, but I had had friends that had dove hunted and, you know, give me some or shared some at a meal or whatever. The variation on poppers that I know of is, and Mike, I'm sorry that I'm sharing your recipe because I'm stealing this from a friend, but it is like a partial piece of bacon. So not the whole one, cause it wraps too thick, but just enough to get around the dove with the, like the breast of the dove, a water chestnut and a banana pepper, and then the bacon on the outside of that, and then toothpick it together and then grill it. And that to me, isn't as like overpowering as the jalapeno Yeah. and the banana pepper and the chestnut gives a little crunch and the banana prep, banana pepper i can't say that word this morning um that gives it like um a different not like overly spicy but there's something there um so that's the that's the variation on popper that i know but that sounds really good but you know the one thing about dove that i learned when i've like in the handful of times i've had it and now this one time that i made it is it gets just so good like the meat is so good that like, I don't want to really tarnish it with anything. And the one thing that I would be hesitant is, and, and Mark taught me this, like I used to like wrap everything in bacon and he's like, why do you want to like, just not be able to taste the meat anymore because the bacon is so powerful. <clears throat> um, so, so I'm not always the biggest fan of wrapping things in bacon as much as I love bacon and like, will always mm-hmm. eat a lot of bacon, especially with the dove. I, I, I mean, I want to try Mike's recipe, but I, I was so taken aback by how delicious and tender the dove was that I was like, I was really glad that I didn't overpower it with anything. And I think you could probably do that recipe if without the bacon, if you wanted, or that's why I suggested maybe like a smaller piece, like just doing not like a full wrap, but just kind of like a semicircle, just like to get one side. It does give it a little bit of, you know, there's the fat from the bacon. So the dove doesn't, it's harder to dry it out. Um, at least when, when I've cooked it that way, um, the one time I was in charge of actually cooking or part participating in cooking, um, it seemed like that made it a little easier to avoid that. Uh, but yeah, I, you could pin that together and then still cook it, um, without the bacon, if you really wanted the flavor of the dove to come through. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that is the variation of popper that I know. And that one, I've never met somebody that hasn't liked that. And I've that I've been present when like non-hunters, people that don't eat a lot of game meat have had that recipe. And I've never seen anybody be like, oh, no, this is awful. I'm not sure if you can lie to anymore. people, though, about what it is, because it's like, right. It's so different. It's, it's obviously not. An, I think if you yeah. want to lie about it, you Just, need to put it in a jalapeno. <laughs> right. If you want to hide like this is. When it is in the version that both of us are talking about, it's pretty clearly not like beef or chicken or something. Yeah, like it's very clearly not anything. Not I mean, maybe you could be like, oh, it's Rocky Mountain oysters, but they're not tender like that. So, no. but they, they look like they're deep fried, you know, or they're fried or. Yeah, if, you, yeah, if so. your version, you could probably pretend it's not. You can, but I don't know that that's any better if you're trying to convince someone about like 
this is a normal meat and your normal meat is, oh yeah, this is like Rocky Mountain oysters. I think they're just gonna be like, that's even weirder. Yeah, that's that's worse. Yeah, I don't want to eat testicles. I'll eat <laughs> that, a, that is know, worse. I'll eat a pest in the sky um, because I said it, yeah. doves are pests in some countries. They're like the hogs. I don't know enough sky. about dove ecology. They're like, the, well, at least in Argentina, they're like the hogs of the sky. You know, they're just everywhere. Um, so I um, think we should transition to the antelope recipes that you have, which I don't have as much experience because you only gave me some, but I feel like we should really explain your first experience with antelope and my role in it. My first experience in antelope, I I don't know what you mean. Oh, um, after you hunted it, it was your first animal. And then we like were bagging it in my front yard. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. See, yeah. now I now that I have your freezer, I forget that I did not have it at some point. Yeah. So you had to like oh. put limbs in my <laughs> in yeah. my freezer. So background is that so far in my hunting career, I have a grand total of some dove and two antelope to my name and the the elk recipes and stuff I know have been like what people have given me uh, mostly from you actually and um so anyway I I started hunting a few years ago the first thing I ever harvested was one of these two antelope and I didn't have a like I didn't have a big enough freezer or anywhere to put it and I didn't like know any of the meat processors in town. So I was like cold calling meat processors in the middle of hunting season. And they're all like, um, tough luck, talk to somebody else. And so finally I'm like, well, I just have to figure out a way to like get this on ice so that I can then like process this at some point. I ended up a friend, like let me come over to his house and haul it all over there. And we just processed it ourselves, which turns out on an antelope is not that big of a deal. Cause there's not a ton of meat. I mean, they're not that big. Um, so, but in the meantime, Ashley was the emergency storage space for my antelope. I think for a while, head included. Yeah, the head was included. And the best part, though, is that like when I lived in Wyoming, I didn't live out of the town. So I lived in a duplex, like right in the middle of suburbia on a pretty main road. And so like we stood out front of my house and we're bagging these limbs and this head and like everything. And like people were driving by and it looked like we were like we were stashing a body. It just wasn't a human body. And like we were like, oh, my God, like the fact that we live in a town of 9000 people and like you and I are very visible people in the town, like it was it was a little sketch but he did it was a little, although Go ahead. Oh, i was just gonna say like cody is somewhat understanding during hunt like if you see somebody like and they're kind of bloody during hunting season that's honestly I, I just had this thought it was probably dark it's probably the best time to murder somebody i was thinking the like, exact same thing just I was like walking to town and you're covered in blood and that kind of happens and there's like weird bagged parts in your truck and like everybody's like oh yeah that's just a hunter it's fine well and if you wear camo during it too i mean Right. It adds to the story. Um, see, Camila. Um, you anyway, antelope recipes, not murder recipes. No, no, that's we don't know how to cook human. <laughs> we barely know how to cook game meat. <laughs> one, one problem at a time. Um, I mean, you have to drink Chianti if you're gonna try to process human. Do you get the joke? I do not. Science of the lambs. He always drank oh. Chianti. Oh. Very good. Very good reference. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I think I mean, like I tried to like bring Camila in on this one and she just, nope, she's just shaking her head. She wants nothing. The murderer thing is like horrible because that's so true. <laughs> and that's like so messed up, but it's so true. Like out in the West, like people just, you know, people are hunting this time of the year and that's that. And people just walk around with rifles. Yeah. But okay. I mean, if anything recently has showed us that like, bodies can be found in Wyoming. Oh, sorry. 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 I got distracted. So the one thing that was cool about when I, you know, held Danny's dead body in my freezer was that he did give me some antelope, but I don't, you have far more recipes. My only thing was I cooked it as a steak that one time. And your like first antelope was so good. Like people always talk about how antelope can be really gross and like, it was so good. So I just, I just, you know, seared it on the stovetop because I didn't have a grill and made sure I didn't overcook it. Like, I think that's the key of like a lot of these, like a lot of game meat is not to overcook it, but you've got, um, a couple of weird things. Yeah. So the first antelope and I've, pre- I've heard a number of theories of why <laughs> antelope gets like a bad rep and one being like, if they run a lot before you kill them, um, then the meat gets, you know, it, it really affects the meat. Uh, I've heard people that if you don't process antelope is especially susceptible if for whatever reason that if you don't process them pretty quick um, or get them gutted and cooled down pretty quick, that they can be, um, that that can be a bigger issue with them. I've heard all kinds of theories about it. Um, but in my experience, both the antelope I've taken were like, they weren't running at all. They were chill, um, shot them at close range and they went down right away. So I didn't have to track them, find them, whatever. So it was able to like, they didn't run. We got them processed and like gutted quick. Um, the first one, I didn't really know what I was doing. I still don't really, but, um, everybody was like, well, you know, you should grind most of it and just, you know, use the back straps for steak and that kind of stuff. So that's what we did. We used the back straps and tenderloins for steak, the shoulders and stuff. I just ground into, you know, a pretty r- typical, you know, like venison grind, like get a little extra fat from your local deli or butcher or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and did that. And then I did most of it into summer sausage. So this is the, the summer sausage I did was, um, take your antelope grind if you, if that's what you've done with it. And then, um, take your favorite, whatever summer sausage seasoning or, um, off the shelf stuff. And it helps if you have a smoker, but you don't need one. Um, and so we have a small smoker that somebody gave us as a wedding present, which awesome wedding present. And, um, so packaged up all the sausage them, did the curing instructions that came on the packet. Like this was such, a, it wasn't like any secret, like I buy this salt and this thing and I cure it this way. Like I just follow, I bought off the shelf in like that you'd find it like a Shields or Cabela's like summer sausage kit, followed those instructions. And the only thing I added um, when I like, when we um, packed the sausage, I mixed in, in one batch, I mixed in dried blueberries. And in the other batch, I mixed in, a diced jalapeno and cheddar and then packed all those in and then put it on the smoker for two hours. The smoker, this particular one is a little bit finicky, so I can't keep temperature in it really well. Um, so I had to finish them in the oven to make sure they hit the right temperature. But if you have a smoker that you can control the temperature with really good, you could do the whole thing in there, but I just smoked it for a while. I think at least two hours to really get the flavor and then finish them off in the oven or finish them off in the smoker if you can. Or you could cook the whole batch in the oven uh, to temperature. Um, and it turns out antelope makes 
in my opinion, it makes really, really good um, summer sausage. And I, I brought some of that in. I don't know if you remember that. I think I brought yeah, some. Yeah, it was really good. In. I enjoyed it. Although I'm not going to lie, if I remember correctly, it was so phallic. Remember? Like it was. Oh, yeah. It looked really gross because I didn't. This is my first time ever trying to do summer sausage. So it like packed it really poorly. Like I did such a poor job. And it was like there were parts that were like lumpy and like it was it was rough. I remember looking, like, but, uh, it was delicious. Yeah. But I've heard of uh, a then, lot of people doing like jalapeno, like cheddar summer sausages. That's, I think, a pretty typical thing. My recommendation is if you've tried summer, if you made your own summer sausage or are trying to, there's something I think I find I like sweet things. Like I kind of have a sweet tooth. So adding the blueberries in, um, I think that was a really cool one. And I hadn't seen a lot of people do that before. So um, that's a recommendation. If you haven't tried that one, give that a try. There's um so one person that I've gotten a lot of good information from I'm a huge fan is Hunt Gather Cook, um I think it's like honest-food.com, and um, he's used uh, blueberries for the same type. He like breaks them down like the different types of meat like within categories. Um, I think antelopes in there with like you know the leaner meats that he puts in, and he has something with like blueberries. Um and, and yeah, I mean it's so good. Like I don't even like blueberries and. It was epic when I had it together. So I, you stumbled across something that I, you know, I stumbled across too, and it is actually really, really good. I should have just pulled up his recipes and been like, this is how I cook. Um, Cause I followed his like schnitzel recipes and stuff. He's really good. Um, and then like you, so along the phallic conversation about antelope, you also uh, cook up balls, don't you? I, I tried it. I did it <laughs> once. So on the first antelope we took, I mostly just like, we mostly just made use of the shoulders and the tenderloins and that kind of stuff. I mean, we ground everything else in this time. When I took this one, I was like very purposely trying to get every usable piece off the animal. So like we took the heart, we took the liver, we took all the, you know, cuts we could. Um, <clears throat> and I decided after seeing people like talk about like high plains oysters or like buck nuts or stuff like this i was like buck let's give it a try and see Did you just that's what i've heard people like when they buck nuts yeah like when they take a deer because they're not on the high plains that's what if you google that is like a rest i don't you know maybe don't google it on a work computer <laughs> you don't google buck nuts yeah on your work <laughs> computer <laughs> but it's it's one of the ways those recipes get listed and so I was like, let's try this. Let's see what happens. So I took the the testicles from my most recent antelope and cooked those. And instead of doing them like the bars do Rocky Mountain oysters, where it's like sliced and hammered out and then like deep fried. I just did it as like whole things, whole testicles in oh a pan with a ton of butter. <laughs> and cooked my it. Mind and I right think now. I might have overcooked them because it actually wasn't unpleasant. But the, it was kind of unremarkable. Like, I can't say that I'm going to do it again with antelope because it basically had, I cooked it. And this, again, people that in the know that listen to this podcast might be, oh, you definitely overcooked it. I probably did. I wonder but if you sous vide it. It had the consistency. Be What's that? I wonder if you sous vide it, if it would be better. Maybe. The way I cooked it, just in a pan with a ton of butter and like constantly basting it with the butter. And I actually put a sprig of rosemary in there to be all cool and trendy um it came out with the consistency of like hard-boiled eggs 
and the scent like if you ate a hard-boiled egg that smelled like antelope you probably have had the experience of eating antelope testicles i don't even want to know what the yolk was <laughs> i mean the whole thing tasted like it was like that consistency it was just sort of i don't know it wasn't i'd heard people say that like deer testicles are kind of fatty and almost like bacon and this was not like that at all <laughs> Well, the only thing that I, like when I um, hunted my bull elk, I had a guide, it was a wedding present and um, they hang the testicles on a tree after, I mean, that was it. Yeah. Although like I would have liked yeah. to have tried them, but maybe not in a. I still plan thing. to try, like when I get a deer <clears throat> or elk, I plan to try it, but I don't think I'll do antelope again. I don't, I don't know. I think you should give it a few more tries. I mean, like slice it up, deep fry it or fry it up in a pan or um, sous vide. I honestly, I've just recently started sous vide things. And um, I mean, it kind of helps. I'm not, I mean, like my sous vide is not working right now. Um, So I'm using the, like the crock pot, not the crock pot, um, the instant pot version of it, which, but um, so Danny, the other weird thing I tried. Danny is trying to become a ball connoisseur, apparently. I've had one pair. One pair. <laughs> one pair. <laughs> I can't. I'm too immature for this. I can't even handle it. Um, and then liver pate I've got on your list that you made yeah. before. Because uh, I want to have the chili conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about chili. Yeah. But I've never be made the- venison chili and Danny has and mine's elk. So, Yeah. And so I also, in this quest to try and like get all the usable parts of the animal, um, I took the antelope liver. Also, I was not prepared for how huge that thing is. Like antelope liver is big. Um, but we took that out of the gut pile and brought it home. So I tried, I tried, my inspiration for this was I've read a ton of people say that like venison liver and onion, like is like a hunting camp staple or that like they grew up with it or all those things. I'm like, I'm just going to try. So I tried the classic like liver and onions with antelope liver and I could not finish a bite of it. Like I tried to cook it. Like everybody said, I don't think I'm totally incompetent as a chef. I might not be great, but it was like the distilled essence of ant. Like if you had antelope, you know that they can have a strong flavor. Even if it's like good antelope, there's like a definite distinct, like, the, like the nice part of like an antelope backstrap. There's just like, you know, you're eating antelope. This was like the distilled essence of that, but like 40 times stronger and in like a weird texture. And I just, I couldn't get through it. Well, I so mean, pate is like, a weird luckily texture I'd only, anyways. Yeah. So I'd, I'd only tried a small portion of the liver as liver and onions. So I'm like, well, we'll try it a different way. And I'd read that people like to make like liver pates. So I looked up a couple recipes about that and tried that. If you're going to do antelope liver pate, the process is one of the grosser cooking processes I've been through. Cause like the smell in the blender is not great. Um, it, well in the food processor, I guess I should say. Um, but yeah, cook it up. You put it in with a bunch of different stuff. I tried, um, essentially I just took a venison pate liver pate recipe, copied that pretty much one for one. Um, you know, cooked it up with the liver, some onions, some garlic, a lot of butter, and then I made it, but it was not really uh, the consistency I wanted. So to, to get to the consistency I wanted, I added cream cheese to try and like smooth it out a little bit. 
And that was like the only saving grace for like the flavor. I had to like, I ended up adding like a whole block of cream cheese to this thing um, just to get it to smooth out. And actually that one, it ate fine. Like it was a strong flavor, but I could eat it. And I found myself like weirdly starting to like it. At first I was like, oh, I'm not sure. This might not be a thing. But eventually I was like, you know what? I could eat this as like a dip. Like this could go as a dip. Um, but I think you'd have to like, it's obvious that you're not eating something normal because it comes out this weird, like pale brown color and there's a little bit of garnish in it. And um, it basically took a lot of cream cheese to make that palatable to me. So, so that's you know, what I just was totally thinking um, I make for Thanksgiving, I make um, uh, giblet stuffing and there's always liver in there. Um, and that might be like, if you're trying to like repurpose, um, you know, kind of the guts of an animal that might be a good way to do it. I boil everything. Um, so like the liver doesn't take very long, but I boil all the giblets. I boil it and then I, I don't blend it, but I, I put it, you know, I put it in like a ninja and get it to, you know, at least be in pieces. Mm -hmm. And then I incorporate it in the stuffing and I love it, it almost makes the stuffing a little bit meatier. Um, it's something my mm -hmm. dad had growing up. So like, I usually make like normal people stuffing and then I make like giblet stuffing The people make oyster stuffing. So you could probably use balls mm -hmm. too, if you wanted to. Um, although that's not, they use real oysters, but whatever. I was trying to throw it back. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that might be a cool way to do it. If you have it around the holiday season is to do it with some stuffing, uh, you know, and then it probably just like the taste probably, um, it goes with bread and broth and, you know, mm. all that yummy stuff. It might be a cool thing to try. And I really wanted to try the liver because allegedly it's like very nutrient rich. Um, so I wanted to try that, but I think I, I think I'll have better luck with like venison liver or something like that. But I think starting out, this is my first experience eating liver. And I started out with like a really sh like in the liver world. I think I started out with relatively strong liver and antelope. So the since I only use small portions to do test those two recipes, the remainder of the liver went to the birds here at the museum. So Sully got a dinner of antelope liver. Oh, I bet they love you now. I hope so. Um, but onto a more normal recipe. And this was one I actually, I just did this one yesterday in preparation for this episode. Um, but I took the other thing that frustrated me about all the recommendations for antelope was that everybody's just like grind it all. Like it, they might be somewhat amenable to the meat because there's that debate, but a lot of people say to grind it all. And I was like, I don't like that. I'm going to try something else. So I did a roast yesterday and that went really, really well. Like essentially I took the front shoulder and did like a blade roast. And, um, that one, you just have to be really cautious about drying it out, but I just cooked it at a really low oven temp for a really long time. So like, think like five to six hours in the oven at like 250 instead of 350 or something like that. Or you could probably go even lower if you really wanted to, um, in a little bit longer, but just a really slow roast. I, I think you could do it in the crock pot. Mine didn't fit because I was doing it with a whole shoulder. So I had to do it in like a pan. Um, but I just um, poured in some, took the antelope shoulder, put that in a nine by 13, poured some beef broth over it. Um, I browned it in the skillet first because um, that's a usual step for a roast. Um, using butter and oil and that kind of stuff. Um, however you personally like to brown your meat and then put that in the pan put some broth over it. I also did a little bit, I don't know if this actually did anything for the end flavor, 
but I had some um, apple brandy on hand. So I put some of that in there and then a couple strips of bacon over the top. Cause as the bacon cooked, that fat renders out and keeps the, at least I thought mm. it kept the, um, the meat a little bit, you know, kept it from drying out. And then occasionally, you know, pull the check it every hour or so get some more juice on the top of it, flip it if you need to, and then put in whatever veggies and stuff you like. I did some onions in there with it. I did some carrots and celery in there with it. Um, and the only, the only other key step for this was that when I prepped it, um, I just used like a red meat seasoning. So like your favorite beef kind of seasoning, rub that all over the roast. And then I, the only, the extra thing I did after that was I took some brown sugar and rubbed that into the roast and it made this really, really great, um, juice. And then like, honestly, probably because of the beef broth, this was one that you could take antelope and serve to people and they probably not tell them what it is. And they would think it's some kind of beef roast because it ended up, I think with the beef broth tasting a lot, like, um, just red meat with a slightly different texture. Um, it was really, really good. Turned out really well. And, um, that is a way to do like a venison roast. I think, um, that pretty much anybody could get on board with. I, I've done, um, I didn't even look at this for, um, for this particular episode, but I've done some pretty good elk roasts, um, over time. I think I'd mostly do them in the crock pot unless it's like, well, it depends. Cause you've got the shreddable, you know, roast. And then you've got the one that's mm-hmm. like, you know, roast beast. I said roast beast. Mm-hmm. It's a little Grinch reference. Yeah. You weren't even listening. Yeah. I was listening while you were I was talking. Listening. I totally, I think we should like, I know we mentioned that chili, but I, um, remembered that I made, um, that bomb ass jalapeno peach thing for your wedding, uh, with the meatballs. Yeah. Um, and I, so like, I'm like, oh, God, I, I was like pulling up my blog and I was like, please, please have the recipe here. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to point out, cause we're talking about like ground meat, um, and we're talking about lean meat, you know, elk, mm-hmm. venison, antelope, and it's so easy to mess it up. And so the one thing that this one hack that I found online for meatballs with these um, is the great butter into it because you're not you don't have the fat, you know, mm-hmm. so you can put bacon into it. Mm-hmm. But um, I, so I found on some websites, somebody said to grate butter into it. And I've I do that if I've got game meat and it really does work because it just adds a nice fat component to it. Um do you have a meatball recipe? Yeah. And well, actually when I was doing the roast a, a couple of times, I, I would add like when I was going to like check it and I would put a little of the juice back on top, I would just put a pat of butter on the top of the roast, like in a couple of spots to let that melt, go back in the oven and then melt over it just to keep it. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty solid trick. I mean, it's a, you know, you got to add fat somehow. So. Oh, I'm, I'm scrolling through my, um, social media and trying to get to the, when I made that other thing for you as well for your wedding, that Kentucky Mm -hmm. something. Uh, And I found like I made, apparently I made a, a a beer onion sage sauce for my elk. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it was like seared elk, but it says that I made collards cooked in bacon grease with some of at D Michael 388s homemade smoked elk and antelope sausage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that made me giggle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess the the one thing we didn't disclose is that you were partially the chef for my and Kirsten's wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Like donated. I don't know how much elk meat to that thing, but that was a lot of elk meat. Okay. So like, Oh no, no, no. I made, I made the peach bourbon thing, meatloaf into meatloaf. I'm trying to find, Oh, there it is. Um, Cause I also made, what was the thing I made for you? I thought you did like a 
you did like a stew kind of burgoo-ish. And yeah, then, uh, like burgoo-ish, um, but more of a Southwestern take on it because yeah. I had jalapeno and, and some right. of that. But um, okay, so I just pulled up. Um, This was totally like back when I wasn't like that good of a cook, but it was still good. I mean, you guys liked it yeah, for the wedding. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I made a crowd bourbon, favorite. What, the jalapeno or the meatballs or the... I, Actually, people I think really both it. were a pleaser. I didn't hear anything bad about either. Not that people uh, would like come up to you on your wedding day and be like, hey, this menu item is really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you let your boss make make me? Well, the only reason I was allowed to do it because you had your wedding at the museum was because it was professionally processed. Right. Uh, and I donated my services. Um, and they had a vegan cake made for me. So that was really nice. Yeah. That was our payback was you got Mm -hmm. your own. (laughs) We had our regular wedding cake and you got your own cake. Exactly. So, so for this one, I, I'm going to do this one real quick because I, this is just different. You know, we're going to talk about chilies and roasts and things. Uh, so when I made this and I apologize, I have no, like how many, how much I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can probably post the link where you can see. Um, but for this, yeah, it was bourbon, peach and charred jalapeno sauce over elk meatballs um, and topped with green onion. Cause you know, I'm fancy. And uh, this one, I put it over spaghetti squash. So that's pretty yummy. Mm-hmm. But um, so basically I originally, like I started and this is not keto. Um, obviously peaches are not keto. Um, so I soaked the peaches in brown sugar and bur- bourbon uh, I used Russell's reserve for this one, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, ginger, and a tiny bit of salt for 10 to 15 minutes. So like I let everything kind of marinate. And then while I was doing that, I charred six jalapenos. So I just put like, if you put jalapenos just in your, under your broiler, um, and, and turn them, you can char the jalapeno. And then when you pull that jalapeno, I can do it with any pepper when you pull it out and it's nice and charred. Um, you can you put it in, I always, uh, put it in a plastic bag. Um, and I like, you know, close up the plastic bag and sometimes I throw it in the fridge if I'm impatient because it's too hot. Um, and that helps sweat it out so you can take the skin off. Um, and then I chopped up two of the jalapenos and put them in the sauce. Um, and then I used an, oh, sorry, I skipped a whole level. Um, I, (laughs) uh, while the jalapenos were charging, I cooked out the alcohol. So I actually started heating up the, the peach mixture and then I um, chopped up two of them, put them in the sauce and used an immersion blender. My favorite thing is an immersion blender. I love making sauces and I love immersion blenders. And then the last part was I added some Dijon and molasses um, just to kind of like as I like the taste. And then um, I added in the rest of the chopped jalapeno and simmered the sauce. It was really good. Um, but like for anything I make, like I just go off of what I like, you know, so if I don't like something then I you know, modify, like I add different seasonings and whatnot, but that was, that was really good. I haven't made it in like years because of Mark's keto, but I kind of want to make it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's, I'm, I can't believe we've talked about doing a whole recipe episode for the, for the podcast and didn't talk about the two things you made for the wedding. Um, it is true. Both really good. Oh, and you know, what sucks, Danny, is I like your burgoo is right below it. Cause I made chili too, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I made chili and burgoo cause I'm the greatest boss on the planet. You went above and planet. beyond for that. But I'm weekend. really sad because I made a post about the fact that I like, like tubs of the like chili and the burgoo mm-hmm. and I did not write down what I, what I did. So that's tragic. You'll just have to take our word for it. That it was it, delicious. 
Um, I forgot I too. I brought them in those giant like Tupperware tubs <laughs> yeah. to try to feed. Cause you had, a, I mean, your wedding wasn't huge, but there were people. I was really happy that it fed everybody. Yeah. But I guess let's switch to chili, man. Yeah. So let's do the, this is the one that we actually have like some disagreement on. So of how to do this one. Um, and I, we should probably say at some point, like we're going to source these. Um, we'll have either the recipes themselves in the like, in the description for the episode or the link to the recipes um, so that you guys don't just have to trust our word of like, oh, Danny just talked through this and he left out like six steps. How do I do this? Yeah, um, we, we did not. We but were not clear. On to chili. Do you want to go first? Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, chili's hard to talk about because everybody has their own chili recipe. Mm-hmm. But I should probably point out that my favorite meal of all time is chili spaghetti, uh, which is chili on spaghetti with, um, I use Cabot's lactose-free cheese, although Boar's Head has lactose-free cheese. Um, and there's actually um, there's actually a vegan sour cream that you can get that's tofu-based. Um, but sometimes sour cream doesn't always mess with your stomach if you're lactose. Um, so I use either. Sometimes depends on if I'm living dangerously or not. But for my elk chili, and, and now I'm like out of elk, so I've had to go to ground meat and it's super sad. Uh, and I, I don't often get like ground bison at the store because it's just like neutralized. The flavor is like neutralized out. I had a chef once tell me that they soak their game meat and like buttermilk um, to eliminate the like game flavor, which just feels like the dumbest thing on the planet, but I digress. So I've been trying a couple of different chili recipes, um, but like mine, whenever I make this kind of stuff, I try to use like the like completely scratch ingredients. So like anytime you see chili recipes, you usually see them with like ketchup or something, you know, like they like add in um, different like, I don't know, ketchup. I think I was thinking of something else, but um, they add in like, you know, some canned things. And I've gotten, I'm, I've gotten lazy in my old age. So I do use some canned stuff, but for the original recipe that I used to use with my elk chili, I'm trying to pull it up. My computer is not cooperating. Uh, there it is. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. I also make a great elk cheeseburger pie, which my computer reminded me of. All right. So my computer is not cooperating, but so when I make it, um, I make it with fresh tomatoes. Um, and so when I do it, I ground, I have the ground elk. And I just kind of saute it in the pan like you do with brown meat. And then I pull that out and I saute two to three um, small yellow onions and then six jalapenos, depending on the size. And you can really do any. I, I like jalapenos in my chili. Sometimes I use serranos because sometimes jalapenos don't have the spice that I want. Um, but I love diced jalapeno. And, and that's the cool thing about chili is like this is like your base. And then you just put whatever the heck you want in it. Um, and then according to this recipe that I wrote a couple of years ago, I use 20 plus small tomatoes. Um, and like, I buy like a lot and then I just kind of keep adding (laughs) until I'm happy. I will also say that I am lazy enough that I do not take the skins off. Um, you can, um, depends on like what, how like ripe and the, the tomatoes are as to like, if it's easy to take the skin off or it's a pain in the ass. And there's like lots of ways that you can do it with like water. And, you know, I don't know. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for any of those shenanigans. So I just deal with like the little bits of skin that exist. Um, you know, and so what I do then is like, I, I basically like I throw it in the pot with everything else and I, um, I just let it simmer. Like it basically becomes, 
like it becomes a sauce. It becomes so smooshy. So that's a technical term, smooshy. And um, I just let it kind of simmer. And then once it gets to a consistency that I, I want, um, I usually, I usually, well, sometimes I blend it and sometimes I don't. Just depends on how smooth you want it. Um, but it, or if you want like chunks of the meat or whatnot. And then I put chili powder in. Um, I don't really measure the chili powder. I think I said like one and a half tablespoons of chili powder, but if you're making it to whatever size you need, um, I go off a taste, but like, as like any person who cooks knows that like the taste increases as you simmer it. So like, be really careful. Cause I definitely was trying to follow a different chili recipe the other day. And I wasn't paying attention cause I was having it. And I put the full recipes worth and it was very chili forward. And some people use chipotle chili powder, but I always just use the regular um, cumin, which is like a standard for, for chili. Um, and then uh, salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, garlic powder, cayenne pepper, red pepper flakes. Um, some people like to add sugar to these recipes. And so because Mark's keto, I use erythritol. Um, and if it, the spice is not what I want, I um, tend to switch over and, and put some sriracha in it. I don't love beans in my chili. If I do anything, I put chickpeas in. I just think chickpeas are delicious. Um, and, and this is like my like super healthy whatever. But like I used to make one and Danny knew this. Um, if I used canned tomatoes, I would use canned tomatoes. And then I would use the Italian stewed tomatoes. Remember that? That was like really good in my and my recipe. But yeah, I tried to use everything fresh. You could obviously use canned stuff. I have some like just canned tomato sauce. Um, like not the, like, you know, nothing fancy, like nothing with extra seasoning in it, just like pure, like pureed tomatoes and it's easy and fast and it's really good. But I, if you have the time, I really recommend just using tomatoes from scratch and finding some tomatoes you like and letting it simmer down. And, um, I always let my chili simmer for as long as I have. So like, sure I can do it in like an hour, but like, if I've got a couple of hours, I simmer it and just let it, let it do its thing. Cause every time you, uh, every time you let it sit, it just, Mm, tastes so much better over time. So that's my basic. And then you can just add whatever you want into it, but that's kind of the basic formula that I use. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of people, you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably have your own like chili base already. And so I, I have a recipe that I sort of, um, you know, like I had my mom's recipe for her chili and she's always used a, what we in our house call chili sauce. It's not really chili sauce. We use it in everything but it's a sweeter like essentially she gets fresh veggies and all this stuff and tomatoes and like it would be an all-day affair where she would like cook down all these tomatoes and assorted vegetables and stuff and come out with like then we would can this sauce and like so that was our canned chili sauce for the year was like oh all that's this stuff. nice Oh, um, interjection, the ketchup thing, as I read down my list of things, it was for my barbecue sauce. I use fresh oh, tomatoes for barbecue yeah, sauce yeah. to not ketchup. Um, and so that one was a, the way mom did it. And I inherited my sweet tooth because I've already recommended using brown sugar on the roast and blueberries and summer sausage. Um, but that was, she put sh some sugar in that. So it was a little bit sweet. And um, that's how mostly growing up, we would eat a chili that had like a sweetness to it. Um, but yeah, use whatever, you know, regular kind of chili base you want. I personally for, I like, I've grown to like spicier as an adult. And, um, so I'll, I typically try and use either poblanos or I'll use, um, they're pretty easy to find in like most grocery stores. You can get the like chipotles and, um, adobo sauce or whatever. And those kind of have a nice 
smokiness to them. Um, I, so I like that flavor in chili and I'm, I'm with you. I prefer chickpeas over beans and chili. Yeah. Um, I love chickpeas. They're so good. But the one thing that I mean, they're I, garbanzo beans. So, yeah, so yeah. they're still beans. They're just not your traditional bean. You right. put it in chili. The one thing that I like to do, especially with a spicy chili is cut it with like, um, dark chocolate. So I'll take like, um, so I'll essentially do the recipe like Ashley described, except I tend, I'm even lazier. So I'll use the canned stuff. Then I'll do, you know, the peppers that, you know, the poblanos or chipotles or whatever, put those in. And then towards the end, I'll use, um, I've heard places like recommend like specific cocoa powders. I, I really, really like really dark chocolate. So I go for that. And so, or I'll use like baking chips, um, stuff like that instead of the powders and let that melt down and then stir in. So you get like a really, um, I think it goes really well with like the smoky flavor of the chipotles. Um, it makes a really, really good chili. I am aware that there are chocolate chilies out there that are don't deservedly you, don't you, or undeservedly even. much maligned, but this yes. homemade chocolate chili, I think is the bomb. And I think um, goes really, really well with the, with um, like game meats. I've, I've done the same recipe with beef um, and it's good. Like I, it's fine. I, I like it, but I think there's something about the game meat in it that does um, really, really well. And it comes out really spicy. And if you don't want it spicy, you just take out like the chipotles and poblanos and stuff like that. I don't like, I, I like that you're saying poblanos, but like I use poblanos all the time and like, they're not always spicy at all. Yeah. So you got to kind of tap like temper, but I, I, I like that you said like the smokiness, like I don't like it in my chili, but I make sauces like Southwestern style sauces mm -hmm. all the time where I use, I use, uh, poblanos or, um, yeah, like the dried, like the dried chilies. And mm -hmm. then you like, you rehydrate them and like, they make the smokiest, most amazing sauce. And, uh, and I'm going to have to try your chocolate thing, but like, I'm I am scarred from like, I've been going to Cincinnati and I've been getting, um, like, well, I've been getting once I get them once. Cause I think they taste like dirt. Um, uh, sorry, Cincinnati, uh, but skyline chili and, and was it five gold star? I don't know. I've, something. I've had skyline chili like once in my life. Yeah. And that, and that has like chocolate and cinnamon and like all kinds of stuff. And like, I just think it's like, the grossest thing I've ever eaten. And like, like I said, chili spaghetti is my jam, you know, and, and they respect the chili spaghetti. I just don't respect their chili. See, and I've, I've used like, I've used, um, in this one, in the chili rest. So originally I caught, there's a meat eater has a venison chili recipe that calls for chocolate. So I sort of started with that one and I've made it a few times. So I'm one of those people like instructions, especially for cooking instruct baking instructions are like, I follow those cooking instructions. I sort of like are loose guidelines to me, um, to be adapted at will. And then, so I took this recipe off of meat eater and then I've kind of made it my own over time. And, um, so if you need a hasty, um, you know, chocolate chili recipe, you can go there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think the, I've read a couple of variations and some of them call for like a cinnamon or like some kind of spice similar. And I, as I recall, I've tried it once with cinnamon, cinnamon, and I've also tried cinnamon. it with, yeah. Um, I've tried it with like, I think I used apple pie spice once. Oh, like and, just a good, like fall spice. I've, I have yet to have a bowl of this that I didn't like. 
Okay. All right. I did have right. one that burned me out because it happened to be a batch of super spicy, like at least to me, poblanos. And like the first time it hadn't, I don't know. Because like you said, sometimes they're not that spicy at all. And sometimes they can be. And, well, and jalapenos has that similar yeah. thing. That's why sometimes I add serranos just to like yeah. almost guarantee my I've definitely my been spiciness. burned out before. I um I was watching something about peppers once on TV because that's you know exciting and I swear that they were saying like it, the size of the pepper can determine the spice of it. It was like some lady who makes all these peppers and stuff. No idea. Peppers. Yeah, I don't. I might be lying. I don't know, but I thought I remembered that. Um, but yeah, I mean the the only other thing I mean we've got lots of recipes. You mentioned a roast. Um, roasts are great for the holidays. Um you know, the jalapeno poppers, if you want like ground meat in them are always good. You know, dove is a good appetizer. Um, meatballs. I do Swedish meatballs, um, with elk. I mean, elk meatballs are like fantastic or game meatballs, you know, and you can just kind of alter the, like whatever you want, you know, if you want barbecue sauce, cool, but then you can't really taste the elk too much. But, um, you know, I make Swedish meatballs. Um, I had an old recipe that I used, but I actually, have just gotten lazy and have used um, kind of the standard. Uh, but like, I didn't realize, like I always thought growing up, Swedish meatballs had sour cream in them and they can have sour cream, uh, but they also don't have to. Um, so I use coconut milk a lot of the time. And here's a interesting coconut milk hack. Um, I like coconut milk from the can because it's way creamier. Um, uh, then like just regular, like almond milk or coconut milk. I actually can tolerate goat's milk. I think goat's milk is the best, you know, one for one comparison to regular milk. But, um, if you put coconut milk in something, obviously it has a very strong flavor, but if you just keep simmering it and cooking it, like the flavor goes away for the most part. So like, I do that all the time. Um, I just like, if you have like a recipe online that calls for like cream, um, or milk, you know, just know that it's going to take longer because if you want, if you don't want that flavor in there, um, and so like I used to, I'm trying to pull it up. I used to have a very detailed dairy, uh, free Swedish meatball recipe. And I like added some meatiness to it, but I don't really do this much anymore, but it does work. Um, so I use, um, like I have a sweet onion that I use. Um, I love sweet onion and, um, you know, I saute it and then I used to do mushrooms with it. Cause like I blend it all up and that always added like a heartier flavor. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but I did like it when I did it. Um, and so for me, like with the lactose, like I can have butter because butter doesn't have a ton of lactose, but you can also have ghee, um, is lactose free. It is butter though. I drives me nuts when people call things dairy free and then they list ghee as a, like as a thing, it's not like it's, it's still, it's still butter. It just is like, it's the butter you get with like lobster. It's got a really high smoke point. Uh, maybe you can use vegan butter if you want, which is just like margarine if you really want to get rid of it. But I like the ghee. Um, so I am, you know, so like I basically saute that until they're like translucent, the longer you saute, uh, onion, the better, like the, it's like a great, like, I mean, you can do it super fast or you can kind of let it sit. Um, and then I add broth. And I simmer it all together. And then I like, I blend it after. So like, I always do like 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and then I, this recipe calls for the solid part of a can of coconut cream, um, because it's a lot thicker, but then I, I honestly just use coconut milk nowadays. Um, and the, the key to the tanginess, if you're not using sour cream is Dijon mustard. So you use mustard instead. And that really creates the kind of flavor. Um, I used to mix in arrowroot, uh, uh, arrowroot makes it like, you know, kind of 
coagulate maybe, um, makes it a lot like um, thicker, but I've honestly gotten to the point where I just use onion and then I, I make like a shitty roux, uh, with almond flour. And then I just wait, like, I just, like, I'm patient now. So I just let it reduce down. Um, and so I, um, I then add parsley on the top of it. And so like Swedish meatballs are like my probably second favorite thing. Uh, and then with my elk meatballs, it just depends on how much time I have. Like I said, I usually grate butter in because it's, so lean. Uh, sometimes I put bacon in, uh, which violates my bacon statements from earlier. So I love like fresh onion and fresh garlic, uh, in my meatballs. I just think it tastes so good. Uh, I started using, um, a grater. Um, and then I, um, I also use, uh, I call it a Mandalorian, but it's a mandolin because uh, it makes it super fine. So you don't have to worry about it. A lot of times I put jalapeno in my meatballs. Um, and then I use, um, you can use, um, I use duck eggs sometimes. And then I also will use like almond milk instead, almond flour so that I'm not putting the dairy in, but then I'm also not putting the egg in. And I'm also not putting, um, I'm also not putting the key, like the flour in it. Um, and when I, and then I put the spices I want, and then I always put them in the freezer. It helps them kind of solidify so that if I'm cooking them in the pan, they're not like, yeah. that's the noise they make when they fall apart in the pan. Smooshy and whatever that noise was. <laughs> that was kind of a gross noise. I apologize for that. But I don't know. I, I always, like, I always think that like, if you're not going to make game meat, you're like, prime thing on the meal there's so many good appetizers that you can make with game meat so that, like if you're trying to introduce somebody slowly yeah. um but yeah i think that we've been talking for a long time about recipes um you said meat eater my favorites uh hunt gather cook i think his name's hank shaw uh any other like good game websites that like you you oh, love <laughs> I found my, I had to dig deep for my antelope liver pate and like the date on the website was like 2011. And that felt weirdly old. It can be really hard. So like, those yeah. are like two of the bigger ones that you yeah. can actually get stuff um, mm -hmm. from. I mean, I, like I've said, like I've done the same, like deep dive into the internet for like, cause I don't like to use a recipe like outright, but like, mm -hmm. I, cause I like to like use it as a template when I've never done something before. And mm -hmm. now I've gotten to the point where I, my palate is getting to the point where I can just kind of guess and think that this would taste pretty good. Yeah. Um, but like, those are the two really good ones um, because yeah, you just get like weird websites, like old websites and you're like, like I have no idea. Blog or yeah. Anyways, we'll, we will do our best to find links for y'all and get them up somewhere accessible that is not dated from a 2011 blog post. So that well, what we can, can do is I actually have a blog. I don't actually promote it or anything. Oh. It's like literally my ability. Like it's like for me to remember my recipes and I haven't updated in a really long time, but, uh, Danny will send me his list and then I'll, you know, if I send it, I think everything I've said has been on my website. So, uh, we'll just do it through there, but be forewarned. I don't actually like post yeah. very often. So we'll, we'll link to Ashley's blog in the episode, which is called vegan with a side of meat. <laughs> And, um, and y'all can find some of these recipes there and we will do our best to not be like most food blogs and tell you the entire story. Oh, of there is no story to mine. It will be ingredients lists and instructions. I hate that shit. So, all right. Well, um, we hope you had a really good Thanksgiving and we've made you hungry again. So, uh, we will be doing videos. I said video. Sorry, Camila. Camila gets so mad at me. We will be recording and releasing new podcast episodes every Friday until Christmas Eve. And we hope you join us for this little mini series that we're doing before we do a series that 
beats this subject. All the way to death. All the way to death, like our last season. Talk to y'all later. See ya.